podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try this stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. And welcome to the Cop Table podcast. On tonight's show, we are previewing the Tottenham versus Liverpool game down at Wembley Stadium this uh, coming Saturday lunchtime. Joining us on the show tonight, we have with us once again Mickey Hazard. Mickey is an ex Chelsea and uh, Tottenham legend of the game. Very happy to have you on once again, Mickey. How are you? I'm very fine, thank you. Pleasure to be on. Brilliant stuff. And uh, with me once again, joining us from uh, from the Liverpool side of things, we've got Jay Riley. I was just use uh, no Jay, Jay, sorry, from the Redmen TV, Radio City Fan Friday talk show on the uh, on Merseyside, and does a little bit of writing in the the Liverpool Echo. So, thanks for coming on again, Jay. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, lads. Looking forward to the game on Saturday. Brilliant stuff. Okay, I'm going to start off with uh, Mickey, seeing as how the Tottenham is the is the home home side this coming weekend. Just start, like to start off with the comments that we I was reading today, Mickey, about um, Harry Kane coming from, from Gary Neville last night, saying things like he looks like he's he's mentally and, and physically a bit out of sorts. Um, and to be fair, I was doing a little bit of history regarding Harry Kane's uh, games since 2015. He's, he's played 175 games basically not had, had much of a break. Um, so, is this something that you agree with, that, that Gary Neville said, he, he need, his welfare needs to be looked after, he needs to be given a little bit of time out and a break in the near future? Um, I, listen, when you look at the, the amount of games that he's played over the last three, three, three and a half years, he's, he's not had no break. He's played for the under-21s in tournaments, he's played for the full England team, mm-hmm. he's just had the World Cup, so anybody would be tired. Um, and, but it shows the attitude of the man that um, despite the fatigue he must be feeling, he's still putting himself, himself out there to be shot at, trying to score goals for club and country. Um, I admire him immensely. I think he's a world-class footballer. And um, I think that if he can just hang in there, um, I agree he looks a bit jaded. Um, but I think he's a top, top player. And, and, and if he can hang in there, um, his legs will come back. Yeah, considering that... Um... Son has been missing, hasn't he? He's been out with um, with his international team in, in, the, uh, yeah. in the games over there. So once he comes back, do you see Pochettino sort of giving Harry Kane that, that little bit of a, a break that it, that he uh, requires, do you think? To be honest with you, I mean, if I was dealing with Harry, um, and I can't speak for how others would deal with him, but I wouldn't want him to miss any games. Uh, I don't want it as a fan and as a former player. I don't want 
squad at Rimmis any games. I'd be what I'd be doing is I'd be sitting them out all week in training. Um, you know, if you, yeah. if you say to Harry after a Saturday game, right, you go and take your your family to Spain for four or five days, and then come back on Thursday morning and and, and do a bit of light training, light training on Friday, and he can recover that way. I mean, I know whenever I was fatigued, I used to just sit out a few days training. Uh, and I'd, I'd rediscover my legs and my sharpness, and, and, and I was fine. So I don't want to see him missing games because he's a top player for my club. So rest him in training. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you make there, Mickey. That's that's one um, sort of line that Pochettino could go down, isn't it, by just giving that, that little break from Absolutely. training. Yeah, spot on. Okay, then. Uh, thanks, Mickey. Jay, over to yourself. Um, we haven't spoke since the the last game for the past couple of games. Really, we haven't been firing on all cylinders. When do you expect this Liverpool team to sort start of hitting the top form and, and the heights that they have done in the in the past season? You're right in what you're saying. The, the first four games uh, we're top of the table. We've, we've won all four games, but we haven't really played that well, have we? I mean. I know we beat West Ham 4-0 on the opening game of the season, but, you know, I still didn't think we got out of second gear. And then, you know, ever since then, we've, we've had three ugly wins, really, haven't we? You know, Palace away, the game against Brighton at home was a little bit uncomfortable at times, really, in the second half in particular. And then, obviously, the, the Leicester City game was a very, very strange game because Liverpool started really well. First 20 minutes could have been, a, like, 2 or 3-0 off, really. And then, all of a sudden, there was a key moment where Gini Wijnaldum sort of like lost the ball, didn't he, on the halfway yeah. line, and Leicester went forward, had an opportunity, and then he just took over after that. And, you know, they were, they were unfortunate, really, to go in a half-time behind, let alone 2-0 down when Firmino scored right on the stroke at half-time. And that proved to be the match winner, didn't it, really? Because in the second half, Leicester started the second half really well also, and, you know, could have scored sooner than you know, the goal that we gifted them, a mistake by Alisson, which... In a strange kind of way, it was perfect that he made that mistake at that time because it never cost us in the end, did it? Liverpool still got the three points and yeah. hopefully he'll learn from that mistake. And this is the issue with Alison Becker because he looks a fantastic goalkeeper. He's really big, isn't he? And he covers the goal well. He's six foot four. He comes and commands his area. He saves, saves it well. He's good with his distribution. Where not only throwing the ball out, also kicking as well. He's really good. But he's a risk taker. And we've seen it against Brighton a couple of occasions where he maybe got away with it a little bit. And that was probably coming. And, and it's, it's, it's come at the perfect time, really, because it didn't cost us. We didn't drop points because of it. And hopefully he'll learn from it. And he's came out now and said, doesn't he, that, you know, he'll cut it out now. There's, there's a time and a place to maybe try that sort of thing, certainly not inside your own box. And then it cost us, didn't it, the goal? But you know, like I say, we got away with it. And I thought, realistically, there's quite a lot of players that didn't perform well at Leicester. And, and this is what I'm saying. It, it's quite remarkable, really, that we've won all four games, not really got out of second gear, quite a few players not really performing to the levels that we know they can Roberto Firmino was one. Mo Salah has not even really been anywhere near as good as what he was last season either. And, you know, Jordan Henderson struggled, I thought, against Leicester. He hasn't really been starting games. This, that was his first start against Leicester. And thought he had quite a poor game as well, really. So, you know, quite a few players are not really at the level that we expect from them. Yet we're still top of the table. We've still won four out of four. And I thought that the, the changes that Klopp made in that Leicester game late on, when he brought Naby Keita on, when he brought Shaqiri on, I think Liverpool sort of like seen the game out really well, didn't he? And I was very impressed with Shaqiri, to be honest, because he's not the sort of player that you would think, oh yeah, let's put Shaqiri on to protect the leads. 
you'd, you'd be putting Shakiri on to try and you know weave a little bit of magic to create a goal for us. But it was actually the opposite against Leicester. He kept the ball really well and basically time wasted the time but he kept the ball for me and Liverpool controlled possession a lot more when he was on the field so as well as Keita so you know all things considered it was a, it was a max of three points and then unfortunately we've just had the international break now haven't we and it's never ideal is it being the first game back after an international break being a half 12 kick off and of course we've got a tough trip haven't we against Spurs away yeah like you say um Few players have struggled recently, and hopefully, the after this little break that they've had, they'll, they'll come back and um, start firing once again. But once uh, back over to you again, uh, Mickey. Just looking back to yeah. the to the summer transfer window, Spurs didn't make any any signings. Did he? Was was this something that that surprised you? And um, looking at the the next run of fixtures, especially coming up with the Champions League games and, and things like that, do you think Pochettino's now? got a squad that's that's strong enough to to give it a go on, on all four fronts? Well, yeah, I think he has. I think he's certainly got a, a team that's more than good enough to compete on all four fronts and, and, and challenge on every uh, every single trophy. And what I will say is that what's important, here, and not just for Spurs, but for every club, is that when you sign players, you don't sign players um, for the sake of, you don't sign players to sit on your bench. For me, um, if you want to make your bench stronger, that means you've signed a top player that's going to fit straight into the first team and that's going to drop one of your regular first teamers down onto the bench. That's how I look at signing players. I don't want uh, players who are bench players so we can spend 25, 30, 35, 40 million on a, on a player to come and sit on the bench. Um, no, waste of money as far as I'm concerned. We, we want to sign players that are going to take uh, and, and get a first team place almost instantly which relegates someone to the bench and, and therefore makes the bench far stronger. That's how I see the business. And if Poch didn't find anyone um, in the summer, uh, in the window, to fit that role, then don't sign anyone. That's my motto. Don't sign anyone until you found the right player. And at a club like Spurs, where you've got a very, very strong 11 players, um, it's difficult to find that player that will fit and walk straight into the first team. So be patient, wait your time. You will eventually find a player that will do that. And that's what I think Poch is doing, and, and, and I think he's right to do it that way. Yeah, it's, it's a similar situation that's happened with Liverpool with and Jurgen Klopp. He, he didn't get his summer signings last year, and he, he waited for Van Dijk until the January. He didn't get Cater last summer. He, he, he didn't go out and buy anybody else. He waited for, for him. So it's probably a similar thing that Pochettino's doing, like you say. He's, he hasn't found the ideal person who fits his, his profile of a player, so he's prepared to wait and give the lads a chance that's already there. But one player I would like to ask you about, Mickey, um, young lad who's been coming through the ranks. I've known about him for quite a while now. Played at Liverpool the other week in the under-23s. It's uh, Marcus Edwards. I believe he's got um, a very bright future in front of him. Well, I mean, you know, you hear lots of things about Marcus. The, the, the uh, cameos that I saw him, I saw him in a game last season where I thought he came on and absolutely lit the lit White Hartley. Sorry, it was a couple of seasons ago. Lit White Hartley and up. Um, yeah. And he was superb. He looked very much... I don't want to put pressure on any kid by comparing him to Messi, and I'm not. But when he ran with the ball, he ran with the ball on the outside of his left foot. He jinked. He played on the right. He came inside. Uh, he made things happen. Uh, and he, he sort of small and resembled that sort of movement. Um, he looked a very, very good player. But then, you know, there's much more uh, to playing at the top than being a very, very good player. Um, you've got to have the right mentality. You've got to have the right attitude. 
Um, it's ultimately your attitude that will, that will get you there rather than your talent. Once you get there, then you can start to show your talent. But uh, Marcus, according to reports, has been a bit wayward from time to time. I don't know how true that is, um, but I've heard and, 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 and read things. But he is a very, very special talent, and I'm sure one day when, when the enormity of what he's trying to achieve sinks in fully, um, I'm sure there's a big future somewhere for him, even if it's not at Spurs. But he's got lots of lots of talent, and and he's an exciting. You know, and you, you hear about Southgate the other evening talking about young creative players being developed in the English by the English clubs. Marcus Edwards is one of those special talents that, um, given the opportunity to develop, um, and under Poch, I think he's got the right man to guide him. Um, I think that he could be a very special talent. Yes. Yeah, probably similar to what he he done with Harry Kane, didn't he? He introduced them during yeah. that, that Europa League run and started giving them games, substitute appearances, and then basically I think the the pressure of the, the the crowd at Tottenham got too much, didn't he? And he was he was basically forced to start playing Harry Kane because he was he was playing that well at, at the time. That's exactly how he's got to be handled. You, you know, you're not going to throw him in at the deep end and expect them to to come and do. Uh, mm. A man's job as such until he he, he he sort of gets some belief, gets some confidence at, at, at some level, you know, like he's been out on loan, which is what Harry did. Harry went out yeah. on loan to four or five clubs and uh, came back, and now he's like the best striker in the world, or the best goal scorer in the world, best number nine, although he plays number 10. Um, he's actually a centre forward, so um, for me, he's the best in the world at, at that particular role. Um, but he had to experience lots of what Marcus has experienced going out on loan and trying out at other clubs Yeah and another player who's, who's not featured as of yet is is Fabinho he's been out with Brazil looks like he got um, got 90 minutes under his belt in the, in the previous game, um, is it a similar situation with him or do you see him coming in earlier than, than Shaqiri when is his likely debut for you Jay? It's a strange one with Fabinho because he played most of the pre-season games, didn't he? And then all of a sudden, he, he got an illness, didn't he? And then he just sort of, he missed one of the games. And then all of a sudden, he's just not played played a game for us at all so far. And it's a bit baffling, really. But if you look back to what happened with Andy Robertson last season, he only played a handful of games. And then he actually got his opportunity in December time when Alberto Moreno got injured in the game in Sparta, Moscow at Anfield. And then, that was it then. He's never looked back, has he, Robertson? He's been fantastic. And similar with Oxlade-Chamberlain as well. It took him about 10 games before he, he was running the side. He was coming off the bench quite a lot. And maybe it's just Klopp's way of getting him on the training field and trying to drum it into him of how he, he sees him fitting into the side and where, where he wants to play. And, you know, Klopp knows best, doesn't he? You know, he's been fantastic for Liverpool so far as as Liverpool manager. So, you know, we've got to lead, we've got to trust him and put our faith in him. And if he doesn't think Fabinho is quite ready to start games for us, then you know you've got to just trust his judgment on it. But he played right back, didn't he, for Brazil, which is a, a position that he's actually played when he was when he first started out at Monaco. So, you know, he's got a few little things to his bow there where he can play centre half, he can play right back, and obviously we've bought him as a holding midfield player, but. He's not the quickest, is he? That's the thing. So maybe Klopp's thought, you know, a baptism of fire, starting him straight away and putting him in that role. And he wants him to sort of like integrate a little bit more with the club and his teammates. Um, it's a bit strange. I mean, as I say, he, he did look quite good, I thought, in pre-season. And 
you know, there's an account on Twitter there who follows uh, the Brazilian football and they they rave about him. Say so they reckon he's the best holding midfield player in, in in obviously in Europe in the world. So you know that's high praise really, considering he doesn't get too many caps for Brazil. But he's only a young lad really still, isn't he? he seems a bit older than what he actually is, but he's still only quite young. I think he's 24, isn't he, or something? So you know, like I say, it's it's massive future ahead of him really, and hopefully. We will be able to get game time, and, and as I say, it's a perfect month now because we've got loads of games. They come thick and fast in three different competitions, so I'm quite sure that he will get a couple of starting games. But once again, as I said before about Shaqiri, I can't see it being at Wembley on Saturday against Spurs. I couldn't really see him starting against Chelsea either at the end of the month at Stamford Bridge. So you know, you've got to be looking at maybe the Southampton game at home or the Caribou Cup game against Chelsea. So. No, like I say, it, it's we've just got to trust Klopp really, and, and that's the beauty of it. Now Liverpool have got a much bigger squad, so it's what we've wanted and what we've craved. So you know, I'm sure he will use the squad depth as the season goes on. Spot on, cheers, Jay. Right, okay then, Mickey. Looking for, forward to the game uh, on Saturday at Wembley. Deli Ali pulled out of the England squad this week with um, with, a, with a minor muscle injury. Do you think that was just uh, a precaution, um, and he'll? He'll be fit to take his place on Saturday. Yeah, 100% Delhi will play on Saturday. I think that um, it was a precaution. Um, I was very pleased myself <laughs> that he'd, he'd pulled out. I was very pleased to see Harry Sub. And, uh, you know, because, you know, we, we had nine players, nine players playing in the World Cup semi-final, you know. So um, yeah. it's important that they do get some respite from the pressures the psychological pressure of playing the game, not just the physical pressure. Uh, and it was great to see that a little rest and uh, and before what I think is a very, very big game on Saturday, we were a very, very good side. They've got a tremendous forward line. Um, and without being at their best and a bit like Spurs, we haven't found our best form yet. Um, but three wins out of four and four wins out of four, uh, speaks volumes for both sides that they're capable of winning when they're not at their best. And that's that's how you win championships, as simple as, as that. Um, so both, for me, will be in the running come the end of the season. Yeah, I watched the the game that you played against Manchester United. Uh, I thought the first half that United had quite a, a lot of the possession, but then second half, Tottenham really, after after they scored, really, they, they seemed to blow Manchester United away. And then go to the to the Watford game and he sort of struggled a little bit, didn't he? And, and Watford took the three points in there. Just think um, this is an issue that, that Pochettino now needs to address, this, this sort of little bit of inconsistency that's, that's happening for the, for the Spurs side. Yeah, I think the Manchester United game in many ways, um, in the end, probably cost us at Watford. I mean, you'd think winning 3-0 at... Uh, Old Trafford um, again not at our best but could have been a lot more um, I didn't think yeah. United played very well not in the first first half either um, but I thought that we weren't at our best and, and, and we blew them away um, but unfortunately it led us into Watford away and uh, and almost a complacency I'm, not, I'm, I'm certain they weren't but it like we were a little bit complacent um, felt that the win was going to come. Um, and then la- late on in the game, sort of looked a bit fatigued um, from players not having a top pre-season. So, um, 
Will we learn from that? I think it's a great, great um, learning curve to lose against Watford because I think that it's opened our eyes up. We'd, we'd start at the first three games, one all three, not being at our best, and now we've had a kick in the teeth at Watford. I think we will bounce back. Uh, and the sign of great players and great teams is all that you bounce back from a bad defeat. That was a bad defeat for us. It's a game we should be winning. Um, but I, I expect a reaction on, on Saturday, and I really expect us to be at our best Saturday because if you can't be up for Liverpool at Wembley and you can't be motivated for it, then you shouldn't be in football. This is a big, big game. Liverpool flying at the top without being at their best. We just behind them, you know, it's going to be an exciting, wonderful, open, flowing, attacking game of football that I can't wait to see. Excellent. Thanks, Mickey. Right, Jay, looking forward to to the game yourself. Um, I'm just going to ask you about the lineup. Do you think um, Klopp's going to go with the, the same team that played against Leicester, or do you see him making one or two little changes here and there, bearing in mind we have we have the Paris Saint-Germain game coming up on, on Wednesday as well, or do you see him going same again, full strength, and then we'll address that game midweek. How do you see Klopp playing this one, Jay? I think the only dilemma is whether or not Naby Keita starts in place of either Jordan Henderson or Genie Wijnaldum for me, because I don't think it worked. The midfield area we struggled against Leicester and I thought Henderson had a bit of yeah. a poor game but I think Gini Wijnaldum had his, his worst game of the season as well I think the first three games Wijnaldum was absolutely outstanding against Leicester he struggled a little bit just as much as Jordan Henderson did and as we've seen on Twitter some of the fans they went a little bit overboard with, with Henderson's performance but I think Wijnaldum was equally as poor James Milner was the only one that you could come that come out of the game really where you know he, he was he was okay he was decent um, but Milner's doesn't play international football so he hasn't been away with with the national team so I think he's a shoe in to start the game at the weekend at Wembley and I think it'd be disappointing if Cater doesn't start I mean I know he didn't have the best of games against Brighton and Klopp decided to change it up a little bit against Leicester but it didn't work did it really I know we won the game but. We didn't have control in the middle of the park and I think it's vital because that's where the game could be won and lost on Saturday because when you look at Tottenham, I think Moussa Dembele is an absolute monster of a player. It's very important that we were on top of him at the weekend. We can't allow him to dictate. We can't allow him to boss the game in the middle of the park because he could just destroy us because he is so powerful. He's so difficult to knock off the ball when he gets the knocks, isn't he? So I think it's important that Liverpool get amongst them and it just depends on what what Klopp, how he sees it, how he weighs it up. I mean, I honestly think Keita has to start the game. I think Milner has to start the game. And then, like I say, it's a toss-up between Henderson and Wijnaldum. It depends what you want from your midfield. It really is a tough call. And, you know, you said there about the PSG game in midweek. And that's, again, that's another one, really. You know, he's going he's gonna to make a, a team selection with that in mind a little bit as well. Um, it's only natural because it's only three days later isn't it the game at Anfield against Paris Saint-Germain so I think the rest of the team sort of like picks itself I can't see the defence being any different because both full-backs you know the, the, the main men aren't the Alexander-Arnold um, right-back and then Andy Robertson left-back centre-half pair and Joe Gomez has been absolutely outstanding this season all four games he's played really well Virgil van Dijk as we say Rolls-Royce fantastic centre-half probably the best in the Premier League the keeper It'll stay the same. And then the forward three, I just can't see Shaqiri 
getting getting the start over the other, the other three. So you know, like I say, it's just a midfield area where that's that dilemma for me whether or not it's going to be Wijnaldum or Jordan Henderson. And then you know, as I say, just have to see how it goes because this is a very very tough game. I think spares everyone as well documented in the summer that he never signs anyone and people questions will he get top four. 100% in my opinion to get top four because what people are forgetting is this Tottenham side are all comfortable with each other they've played together for three or four seasons now they're a very very methodical side they score goals with obviously Harry Kane Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen Lucas Moore has chipped in now he's been at the club a couple of months he settled in back in the last season started this season off really well and they're also very solid as well defensively two fantastic in Aldo Wild and Vertonghen Davinson Sanchez is not bad either by the way and then a very good goalkeeper Will Cupwin and goalkeeper Hugo Lloris Trippier as we all know fantastic fullback if there's one area where I think Liverpool can target them it's maybe the left back area because I've never been much of a fan of Ben Davis and I think Danny Rose is best the best of the two but he's just recovering from quite a bad injury really and he's still a little bit rusty I, I take on board he played well for England in midweek in Switzerland he got man of the match awarded didn't he but I think if there's one area Liverpool can really target it's that side obviously Mo Salah he plays on that side and we all know how good he can be he hasn't clicked yet but once he does click anything can happen so it's a really really good game as Mickey said there I can't wait for it, really looking forward to it. It's one of them games that could go either way. I mean, last season we got a hide in there. Hopefully the same doesn't happen this time around. But, you know, they're more than capable of beating us the same way as we're more than capable of beating them. So it's a guaranteed draw now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's what we're going to go on to. Next, we're going to go on to, the, um, on to our, our score prediction so yeah I'm going to go with, with you first Mickey can I have your your score prediction and uh, and your reasons for that please well I think that uh, Spurs will win 3-2 I think that there's two brilliant attacking teams as well and I think that hopefully um, teams and players have learned how to play Salah a little bit better than they played him last season one thing that surprised me last season was his He's, he's all left-footed, and he played on the right, and left full-backs were showing him down the line. Sorry, inside. <laughs> Why would you show someone inside who's left-footed? Show him down the line, but exaggerate showing him down the line. Because you'd rather have him going down the line and crossing it with his right foot than cutting inside and unleashing his shots. Keep him down the line. Get your covering player on the inside. Not, not goal side, uh, attacking goal side, so that when you show him inside... You've got someone to show him inside too. He cuts inside to a man on the cover on the inside rather than show him down the line to a man covering you down the line. You don't want that with Salah. You want him going down the line and crossing the right foot. So I hope managers and players have learned a little bit about his strengths and his weaknesses uh, and, and play him accordingly because if, if they keep showing him inside, he's going to score goals for fun again. So show him down the line. Keep him down the line. If he gets past you down the line, let him cross it with his right foot. There's no damage done. Um, so um, I think Spurs, Boyd from last season's 4-1, I think they're more than capable of winning this one. And I think that Liverpool are capable of winning it too. So it's going to be a, a brilliant brilliant to watch, I've got to be honest. This is possibly, for me, the most exciting game of the season at Wembley this season. 
Brilliant stuff. Cheers, Mickey. Okay, then, Jay, give us your, your thoughts on a, on a score prediction and your, your reasons for them, please. Well, as I said before, I think it's going to be a really tough game because Spurs are a very good side, quality side, and, you know, people go on about Liverpool, the, the nearest contenders this season to challenging Man City for the title. Well, I think Liverpool Pool and Spurs are both the nearest contenders because Spurs have been very consistent the last Agreed. couple of seasons and, and I just think it's been a little bit disrespectful to them to be honest because yeah. they are such a very bad and to me if any team's going to drop out the top four this season from last year it's certainly going to be Manchester United in my opinion but anyway yeah. going on to this game for me I just normally what I would say is when you're playing a top team like City like Spurs like United like Arsenal Chelsea what have you you would always say if you can win your own game against them you take a point in the away game at their grounds and I do think a draw would probably be a good result for Liverpool all things considered because you know obviously it's a, it's a really tough away game Spurs are already three points behind us so if we draw the game we'll still stay three points ahead of them in the table but I've just got this little feeling that Liverpool more than capable of going and winning. And I think they want to right that wrong from last season. And I just think sooner or later, the likes of Mane's done quite well this season already. But the likes of Mane, for me, you know, sooner or later are going to click. And when they click, anything can happen. You know, we could score goals for fun against anybody, anywhere. It doesn't matter who we play, whether it's in Europe, whether against City, Spurs, whatever, Man United in the Premier League, you just know this Liverpool team, if they click, they will score goals for fun. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I think Liverpool are going to pass Spurs at the weekend. I don't think that at all. But I've just got a little feeling that we might just have the edge at the weekend. I really do. And neither side has been great so far this season. Obviously, Spurs won three out of four. Liverpool won four out of four. And I just think we might have the momentum and I just think we might just about do it. So I'm going to go for one of my favourite score lines and a 2-1 Liverpool victory. 2-1 victory for you, Jay. Yeah, so Mickey 3-2, 2-1 for, for Jay. Um, I'm going to sit on the fence a little bit on this one. I think, like you both said, it's going to be a, a difficult game for both sides. I think... This this game, if if it's got, it's either going to be won or lost in, in in the midfield areas. Obviously, with the Dembele and and Eriksen, Ali dropping for for spares, and then you've got Keita, Wijnaldum, and and possibly Milner. I just think it's it's going to be a fascinating battle in in that midfield area. You, you've also got the Van Dijk versus Kane. Um, to add into the mix and also like you say the front three of Liverpool coming up against that, that back four of, of Tottenham I think the, the front three of Liverpool if Sanchez doesn't play will have the pace on them um, I don't think Vertonghen and, um, and Alderweireld are, are the quickest of centre backs and certainly Mane and Salah would have would have the legs on them too not so much for me you know, he, he's more um, he plays the game in his head, doesn't he? He's not as quick as them. He plays the ball on the floor. So I just think it's going to be a very, very even game, and I'm going to go with a with a two-two uh, score draw myself. So just before we uh, go, lads, I'm going to introduce the the band that's been in touch with us on Twitter this week. They are an unsigned band. They're from uh, the Liverpool area. Three-piece band. Uh, was nominated for the best unsigned band in 2017. These guys go by the name of Shimona, and the song I'm going to play for you tonight is called Familiar Radio. 
And that song was called Familiar Radio by Shimona. You can follow the, them lads on, on Twitter. Their, their handle is at Shimona95. Plenty of stuff on, on. They've got a website. They've got a, a YouTube site. Uh, plenty of music there if you, are, if you fancy going and, and listening to, to the band. So thanks very much, uh, Mickey, once again, for joining us on the cop table. My pleasure. Brilliant stuff. And thanks very much, Jay. Cheers, lads. Enjoy the game. Thanks very much. So that's the cop table preview of the Spurs versus Liverpool game coming up this this weekend at Wembley. We'll be back next week with our Liverpool versus Southampton preview. Thanks, everybody, for taking the time to listen, and we will be back with you next week. Thanks very much. Goodbye. I heard a cop I calling Hi, Jack the Producer here. If you'd like some more football podcasts by Ronnie Dog Media, then you should join Luke Glanville and guests on the West Ham Matters podcast. Luke interviews fellow journalists each week, including stats, facts, incredibly hard quizzes, and crazy predictions. I'm going to be overly confident, and I'm going to say that West Ham are going to sneak into the top six. You can find West Ham Matters on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Acast. Hope you enjoyed today's cop table. Please do follow us on Twitter at the underscore cop underscore table. Sense. Why is it home sense? The prices make sense. Ooh, outdoor is in. Are those plates melamine? Pretty planters, pillows, lanterns. Pretty much everything outdoor. And the savings. Oh, it makes sense to me now. Out save on outdoor. Find a store at homesense.com. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.